You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole head. No wire My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the first Hi, Mama. It's Lynn. Let's get it, Chuck. There's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Okay, welcome to our show this week. We are discussing one of our absolute favorite series, The Simpsons. Uh, Amanda, what's your earliest Simpsons memory? I don't have one. It's probably watching The Simpsons while eating dinner. Sure. (laughs) It's sort of always been a part of your life, right? Correct, yeah. Like, our local Fox affiliate had it on from, I think, 5 to 6, followed by Seinfeld from 6 to 7. And so that was an evening routine for the household I grew up in. To watch TV, have dinner, and spend time with the Simpsons family, essentially, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Syndication's really where I spent more of my Simpsons time, I think, than the original era of the episode. Uh, The episode we're going to talk about today is Grandpa vs. Sexual Inadequacy. It's season six, episode 10, and it originally aired December 4th, 1994. Do you have any idea where you were, what you were doing in December of 1994, how old would I have been? You were eight, getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> this is one of those super creepy age gaps in our uh-huh. like marriage, because you were eight and I was a freshman in high school. Ooh, nice. It's like, call the police. Yeah. <laughs> that is an inappropriate relationship for sure. All right, what's, what's eight years old? You're in second, second grade? Second grade, I think, yeah, second okay. or third. I was in, uh, the, I, I got bumped to the gifted program in Ooh, second grade. <laughs> So it's probably preparing by like building a bridge or something. Sure. And it was near Christmas. So getting ready for gifts in that regard, mm-hmm. too. Um, let's see. In terms of this episode, uh, it was written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, who've written other Simpsons favorites. Springfield with the uh, dollar sign for the S, the legalized gambling one. Uh, Bart vs. Australia and both parts of the Who Shot Mr. Burns. Uh, it was directed by Wes Archer, who's gone on to work on a couple of your favorites, Amanda. Uh, tell me if you've heard of these shows. The Simpsons? Yes. Futurama? Yes. King of the Hill? Yes. Bob's Burgers? Yeah. Rick and Morty? Yep. And what's the new Matt Groening one you're watching? Disenchantment. Disenchantment, he worked on too, yeah. Um, so a really interesting pedigree here of talent. In terms of its ratings, it was the 58th highest rated episode of TV that week uh, for the week of November 28th to December 4th, and the third most watched show on Fox with a Nielsen rating of 9.5, which means about 12 million people watched it, which would make it near the top of the ratings right now. (laughs) Do you know what beat it out? Uh, I don't know. 57 other things. Yeah. Um, In terms of on ER or something. I mean, ER must have, ER beat its brains in in 94. Uh, Friends beat its brains in in 94. Seinfeld beat its brains in in 94. I don't know what on Fox could have beat it, but. Cops. um, It was certainly (laughs) on in my house at the time. Yeah. Um, The episode centers around uh, Marge and Homer have a struggling sex life and, uh, the oddest of all solutions comes from Grandpa uh, and his tonic. And so Homer and Grandpa go on a, a road trip, which was very father and son, mm-hmm. um, to sell the tonic and their relationship. Starting a evolves, business right? together. Yeah. <laughs> like all good road trips, it all totally falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we think there's some really interesting parenting here. And we're going to try to, despite both being, I dare say, Simpsons aficionados, we're going to try to limit our discussion to just this episode, right? Yes. So uh, a couple other things about the episode, the chalkboard bit 
is Bart uh, writing, A one-armed man did not take my homework. Amanda, what's that a reference to? The Fugitive. Um, and what's the plot of The Fugitive? Uh, Harrison Ford is framed for his wife's murder, and the person who committed the crime is a one-armed man. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons love Futurama, or uh, The Fugitive, I would say. I really love The Fugitive. I know. Particularly in December 1994. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very fresh on everyone's memory. Um, I think it's a good and appropriate quote uh, to have one from The Fugitive, because Marge kind of gets murdered in this episode. She has a huge and enormous presence in Act One, and then is just kind of there, taking up space. Like, she's a big part of the A-line and then vanishes. I think that's a mom. We'll talk (laughs) about that. I I think you're right, uh, for better or worse. Um, And then the couch gag uh, is the family running past a repeating background of the living room. Um, And I think that's loaded with all sorts of symbolism about repeating family dynamics and repeating sort of histories and what's going on with Homer and grandpa in this episode a little bit. And I would say that, um, you know, uh, the Simpsons likes to poke fun at itself for being a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, uh, once again, what we see in this opener. Repetitiveness is their job. It's Our their job. job. <laughs> to be repetitive. Uh, so we'll start with the, the literal discussion of the parents, the mamas and the papas. Um, the ones we've identified are basically, you know, Marge, Homer, and Grandpa. Um, and so let's start about Marge first, since she's, uh, as you say, gets the sort of the axe, but is also very much the mom role. What did you notice from Marge uh, in this episode in terms of parenting? I would say I was very surprised. Um, not, I mean, Marge is a character who we've seen, like drive uh, a sexual relationship with her husband. And I think that that is um, something that comes up in a couple of the episodes of um, The Simpsons. And I think one of the the biggest parts of The Simpsons, Homer and Marge's relationship is that it's different than the honeymooners and that they actually love each other and are attracted to each other. (laughs) But we see Marge... Um, in her like desire for sex, completely ignore the safety of her children, mm-hmm. which I was I was shocked at because usually Marge is the um, parent. Sure, <laughs> but, sure. you know, she's usually the one who is uh, uh, taking care of the kids. And so in the you know first couple moments of the episode, she dismisses Bart's fear about um, him being afraid at night mm-hmm. and just allows him to go on the roof by himself, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, she does get to be a full person here and, and you say, you know, you, we see her as not sexual, but as a parent more, you, one of the things this episode does a really good job with, I think, is you can't be a parent without having sex. Right. There's no, it doesn't happen any other way. Well, and, and I, I didn't say that she was a parent over sex. I'm just saying that she's usually the parent. Like sure, sure, sure. she's usually the one who has good parenting instincts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting to see her as a sort of having sexual desire. And then we see the kids interrupt a couple of times. We see Homer falls asleep a couple of times. He enchiladas. Did the, the enchiladas will do it. Uh, <laughs> 
He gets to a place where he's like, when all of these crises will be solved, then we'll have sex. Um, I thought that was very sort of relatable. <laughs> this, it's very easy to get to a place of like, oh, when, when things are good, we'll please ourselves, right? Yeah, we'll reconnect. That's when we'll have fun. <laughs> Did you, so the kids interrupt them. Did you ever interrupt your parents? I mean, not that I know of. Not that you would know of. Yeah. You were sly enough to keep it hidden. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I never interrupted my parents, but definitely was like aware of like, oh, uh, like when I was younger and scared, like, oh, mom doesn't normally sleep with someone else in the room or like, oh, dad's like taking a nap at a weird time or strange things. Oh, like that. interesting. Like, it was a definitely a different presence. I think adults and parents having sex in my house than yours. Yo. Absolutely. Sure. And, and, you know, again, my parents are, my mom especially is such a prude in such interesting ways. And I think that's the Catholic upbringing. Sure. So, I mean, I'm almost nearly convinced that it's just, you know, they've had sex three times for three children. <laughs> I doubt that's the case. I, um, I do as well. But... As it may make you. Um, <laughs> I thought Marge did a really good job modeling uh, just good relationship skills when she recognized, like, okay, she and Homer are having a problem with their sex life and was like, let's go get a book. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they're having a problem. Let's discuss it further and figure out a solution for well, it. And, and recognize that we might not have the tools, mm -hmm. right? We might need outside help. Um, then I, th I thought they're, that set up a really good series of try and fails of the bath together and they go to an erotic hotel. Why... why from a female perspective, Amanda, why are hotels so sexy? Well, because your kids aren't there. <laughs> All right, obviously. That's a huge part of it, right? No kids. Somebody else is going to do the, any cleanup, right? Um, but it seems to be a very um, a hot spot, as it were. Well, and I think, again, to go back to Marge, it's so interesting that, like, they go to this hotel and Homer's... Like they go to the what is it like the Aphrodite Inn? Yes. Where it's the like sexed up <laughs> motel, and there's no room at the inn. Oh, here we are, the utility room. This isn't very erotic. I think it's an actual utility room. No, honey, it's a romantic fantasy. I imagine I'm the janitor and you're the janitor's wife who has to live with me in the utility room. Don't mind me, folks. Just need to get the old wet dry back. Like, that is the saddest thing I could think of about having to live with your husband at his job. Mm -hmm. um, and just that was him trying to, like, be romantic. Have you ever stuck your head in a janitor closet? I'm sure I have. I uh, was a janitor shortly after this episode aired. It was my first job. And it was not. There's nothing sexual about the smells or imagery <laughs> or anything involved in, in a janitor closet. Um, also from Marge, I liked that she really drives the episode, right? So uh -huh. she it's her idea to bottle it, uh -huh. the, the tonic, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, she helps uh, Homer sort of nudge him towards reconciliation with Grandpa in the third act. Um, but she just sort of vanishes once we get into the story of the tonic. And um, you say that's very much mom. What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, I think, you know, moms are so important for 
giving people life literally and helping support them on their journey, but then they're just gone and out in the world. And I think we see Marge a lot as, um, even though we said we were only keeping it to this episode, we see Marge a lot as a, a mom figure to Homer, especially Homer is somebody who didn't have his mom a lot growing up and, Marge has become that surrogate for him um, in the way that I think a lot of what this originally was modeled after a 1950s household, um, you know, wives having to mother their husbands as well as their children. I don't think that's that uniquely 1950s. I think that's a, the infantilization of the modern male is a huge problem and a huge reason why we have so many problems right now. That yeah. It's like there's no incentive for men to grow up yeah absolutely Um, why should i somebody else will clean up after me somebody else will take care of me like you know uh i can be a baby and throw tantrums on my at my supreme court here right right and (laughs) it will be fine right and and, a lifetime appointment yeah and so so once you know marge has set the stage to move everything forward um you know, there's nothing else for her to do. <laughs> Vanish. It was actually the episode I, I did some half-assed research. It was uh, written that way, where they had the A-line of Marge and Homer being having this relationship and then didn't really know where to go with it, came up with the tonic idea, and were like, well, this is a much better, a much richer <laughs> sort of story to tell, and we can do it on network TV. Yeah. Um, this Because of the sexual nature of the first act, this was included in The Simpsons, Too Hot for TV, a clip that Fox put together as like a promo for the show in uh, the later 90s. Jesus. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So we, we've covered Marge, and now just like in the episode, we can stop talking about her. She can sort of disappear <laughs> from our commentary in the episode. For me, the real thematic weight and meat of this episode and the, the, the reason I think it's such a good one comes from the Homer-Grandpa relationship. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk about that without talking about Dan Castellaneta because mm. he does both voices. Mm-hmm. Right, which I think is incredibly like thematically rich and loaded with this idea that ultimately we think we're our own person, but you're just sort of you're you're voiced by the same actor as your father or your mother. It it isn't you're a little bit different, but it's, there's a lot of overlapping similarities whether you notice them or not. You know whether whether as Homer struggles to recognize the house he grew up in later on, whether that's the case or not. Um, grandpa wasn't grandpa until Homer was a dad, right? And yeah. so there's they're inescapably linked. Um, and I think that's done really, really well. Uh, in terms of Homer, I really, uh, him as a kid and just sort of thinking of parenting when he's a child and he's watching TV mm-hmm. as his parent, that was obviously for a professor of TV may not surprise you that like, that was very, rang very true to me. TV was definitely my third parent. Um, absolutely for and, sure and you know, a, a, again how sweet Homer's mom is to him and mm-hmm. like ha, you know that being how he found I mean as functional a relationship with Marge it, I mean it's it's wonderful that they have such a functional marriage mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. You know, because uh, she's great with him and thinks that he can be president and grandpa's reaction is we have a whole system to keep people like you out of there yeah, no way <laughs> No way. We don't, Richard by the way. But, yeah. Right, of course, it turns out we don't have that system. Um, but I, I thought Homer, you see him as parent here, particularly after his fallout with Abe, which I think is is good. We'll get to Abe 
you know, literally telling Homer he was an accident in, in our bad parenting segment, obviously. <laughs> well, and Homer, Homer talks about his New Year's resolution of spending less time with Grandpa. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, um, which I think can be an actual healthy and safe thing. To yeah, put distance well, well I think we'll talk about Homer's, some of his boundary setting in this and in, in the really best examples of parenting, too. I think he, he does a really good job. Um, when he gets angry at, at his dad, uh, sort of setting up some some boundaries and asserting himself. But in his um, overparenting, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of richness there. He said I was an accident. He didn't want to have me. He didn't want to have Bart. I know, but you're never supposed to tell the child. You tell Bart all the time. You told him this morning. But when I do it, it's cute. Yeah. Which I think is very much a parenting, you know, do as I say, not as I do. That rings very true from my parents. Um his whole um, uh, the whole fight with Abe, the fact that they're only truly honest with each other when they're angry. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really honest and well observed and and true of my parents that I've felt, mm-hmm. oh, you're you know, my parents especially aren't the most honest or forthright people necessarily, and I think they're most most uh, honest when they're angry. His overparenting rang really true, yeah. Right? Yeah. Did your parents overparent? Do you recognize yourself overparenting at times? I mean, I think I overparent a lot because I think I was very underparented. Sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I the Homer like pushing Lisa on the uh, tire swing he made and trying to teach Bart to ride a bike, even though Bart knows how to ride a bike, owns a bike, and the bike he's trying to teach him on is a girl's bike. Sure. You know, I mean, those are he's trying so hard and he's just not listening to what his children need or are asking from him. And like that, I think is, is that line of good parenting versus not good parenting of, of like, yeah, you're putting in the effort, but are you listening to what is actually being requested of you? Sure. Sure. Or are you, you know, you're playing your instrument. Are you listening to the sound? It's making, <laughs> sure. right? like, or, or to put it another way, right? Like it's, um, there's a little bit of a disconnect there of, of, you know, your good intentions aren't, aren't working out that way. It reminds me of um, when I used to go to bars. I remember I was at a dive bar and I was waiting on the bartender to get my thing and he was talking to somebody else. And the, the uh, customer was like, you know, I'm not trying to be an asshole. And the bartender was like, you know, it's kind of working out that way, though. Mm-hmm. And I was, it's, it's very much Homer in this episode, I mm-hmm. think. The serious thinking, serious drinking that uh, rang true to my parental experience. There was a lot more dad doing drinking than thinking for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. um that homer didn't recognize the house he grew up in i thought that was pretty interesting and, and kind of significant and then obviously i mean you can't talk about homer without talking about grandpa mm-hmm. um grandpa trying to talk to homer about sex i thought was really funny um early on and, yeah. and very sort of i mean even talking about parental sex with you here has been made you uncomfortable mm-hmm. did you your parents ever talk to you about sex or sexual desire or anything like that? Or is that just not? No. Uh, and in fact, I got in trouble when I had my own sexual desires. So <laughs> it's something best to be repressed as a Catholic. And, um, yeah, I thought, I thought grandpa in this episode, I mean, he's, I, you know, I'm not even sure what he's looking for in a relationship with Homer, but it's clear that he wants one. I think he wants to still be relevant. I think Mm -hmm. that's the through line of this is that Homer wants to still be sexually relevant. Um, Abe wants to still be relevant in his 
son's life and included in his son's life. And then Homer becomes, oh, I want to be relevant in my kid's life. Um, and, and it's ultimately a struggle for everyone to stay relevant and important and feel, you know, that way all the time. What about your grandparents and sex? Oh, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? That was a very... Talk Different about that thing. a little bit. That's uh, uh, yeah, I mean, colorful. such an interesting... Um, dichotomy of being like very repressed and prude as a Catholic, but also being like body, like, um, working class people. Um, so my grandma used to carry around, um, dirty jokes in her purse. Like, here's a printed out thing of dirty Mm -hmm. jokes. Um, and like, we also found like all these weird kind of like sexualized things when she died too. And yeah, she loved to tell me stories about her sexual encounters and like what it was like dating in her time too, which was so different than, um, you know, how my mom was, which was, she would never, <laughs> never in a million years. Right? Would yeah. laugh at the jokes, but mm. would never tell her own. <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's a difference there, right? My grandpa has always been uncomfortably uh, willing to share his sexual <laughs> exploits and, and um, uh, adventures. That it's, it's. I guess when you're not taking care of the thing or the child, like it, it you feel more comfortable to do that. Or maybe these are people who just don't have boundaries. I think that's the one. Possible <laughs> in the case of our grandparents. Grandpa provides the tonic, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is an important thing. And, and this tonic is... Think of me when you're having the best sex of your life. <laughs> he says to Homer. Grandpa. Uh, and, and this tonic is homemade sort of cure-all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does your family have any uh, home remedies or anything like this? Is this did that element of this ring true to you? I mean, not having a like, oh, let me mix you up a tonic. But I think my parents thought that uh, saltine crackers, Seven Up, and The Price Is Right could cure just about. <laughs> sure, anything. sure, sure. My dad's cure all was water. Yeah. We had enough water. Yeah, we didn't have any tonic cure alls, but like my dad was of a generation and time where it would be like, have you ever heard of tincture of green soap? No. Like, he had, like, weird shit like that, like, mm-hmm. antiseptic stuff from the 40s and 50s. Sure. Like, his, great, his grandparents, my great-grandparents had used with him, and so this was his, like, weird smelling solution to bad skin or, Yeah, you know. interesting. Um, we, just, also, we always had bacitracin what on is that? hand. Uh, an antibiotic ointment. Okay. That's, like, you know, hurts to put on. Okay. <laughs> but this, this tonic, it's more... So things like it are present everywhere now, yeah. right? Yeah. What did it remind you of? It reminded me of uh, Goop, mm-hmm. <laughs> Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow's, any of the crap she's selling. It's all about wellness. Sure. You know, nobody, it, it was just like, oh, something's wrong with you, which, you know, I mean, debatable. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, you need a, something to take something to be different than you are. To Go more complete. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, which was a very um, group thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say that this episode you said came out in 94. Viagra was patented in 96. Well, okay. so, <laughs> this is like a couple years before. Simpsons had it. Simpsons yeah. Simpsons, it, right? did it. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Yeah. It reminded me of on it, which is the male counterpart to goop. 
Uh, that's Joe Rogan's there pill, you go. Yeah. <laughs> pill factory of uh, take this for you know muscles, take this for boners, take this for sleep. And yeah, something's all, wrong with you. Let me. Right. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to pay to feel better, but nobody's going to tell you what better actually is. Right. I thought it was really interesting uh, that Homer is a terrible salesman and Abe is a good salesman. Mm. That reminded me of me and my dad. Where <laughs> my dad is just an amazing salesman. I don't fucking care if you buy this thing or not. I, <laughs> it's never mattered to me. Also, was uh, thinking about how like all of these kids are now latchkey kids. But we'll get to that, I think, in, in, when we talk about bad parents. Sure. Okay. Um, I'll put a pin in it. Uh, we'll get to it in just a second. Two quick uh, figurative families that I saw. Uh, so one was of Uncle Doobie. We now return to the 1971 film Good Time Slim, Uncle Doobie and the Great Frisco Freakout, starring Troy McClure. Slim, if we've got the bag with the stolen diamonds, then what happened to the bag with our stash? There's more than one way to get high, baby. Yeah! Uh, Troy McClure, voiced by the late Phil Hartman. Um, plays, I assume, the titular character, Uncle Doobie. I would imagine so. Did you have someone you would characterize as an Uncle Doobie? Yes, I do. <laughs> Besides your husband. Oh, my God. Who, who is your... Uh, tell me about Uncle Doobie in Amanda's world. I, yeah, Uncle Doobie um, would be my one uncle who was always high or drunk at parties and always had story. He was like... A real rough neck, you know, grew up really on the streets of Chicago and like was in a gang when he was younger and like now works in like trains. So sure. he still okay. like kind of has to be, has to be a, a hard ass for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a real he, one, that's what I'm Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Is he a real one? He, he's the kind of guy who, like, you know, he, he would be talking about something, and, like, my brothers would repeat it for weeks afterwards because they'd be like, what even was that? <laughs> sure, <laughs> like, sure. Like, including, like, very benign things like, oh, you got to go to this one Italian beef spot because it is, you get the triple entente there, and there that triple entente and he would like repeat it like 40 times until mm-hmm. like that was the catchphrase for the week for the family <laughs> my we didn't have an uncle doobie we he was an uncle blow so oh boy like, that's less fun he was an accountant for rock stars but like also had a substance abuse problem and like so he had just like cocaine you like can kind of touch the glamour but mm. not really taste it or get to it at all and it was very you know, luxury house that ended up getting repossessed and things like that. It was yeah. just like a very sort of sad Uncle Doobie. Well, I mean, Uncle Doobie is also somebody who is completely taken care of and mothered by my aunt. You know, sure. like he, yep. you know, needed that kind of stability and safety. And, you know, because of that, they've, they have a very weird functioning relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, Uncle Doobie <laughs> could not take care of himself. No, Uncle Doobie parenting. Related, and this will go into the bad parenting, but I, I the figurative families I saw were this grandpa babysitting rang really true, and then the kids uh, staying at their sleeping over at their aunt's house. <laughs> yeah. Right, those are both like in Take hindsight. Oh, yeah, house. we were staying there, so my dad could go get laid a couple of times, <laughs> like for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, grandpa watching the kids being like, "I broke two your lamps and lost all your mail." <laughs> <laughs> right, <that's... laughs> I mean, yeah, accurate. Uh, my grandma watched us every day. Um, she was over at our house every day and 
with similarly successful results. My grandparents on my mom's side weren't the type to watch kids. Um, and the other ones... I mean, my grandmother wasn't either. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. The other ones went through like a pretty dramatic divorce while my mom was pregnant with me, so they sort of were sort of like, let's not have these. Yeah. I mean, everybody saw me, and I was, you know, obviously a marvel, but... And, you know, spending the night at relatives' house or... We do it as parents, right? Mm-hmm. How often do we send our kid to my sister's house and so she we gets can have so a excited. Night, or we can go to a hotel, or we can actually <laughs> love it. So much, and <laughs> frankly, asked to go more often than we could. We let her, yeah, her yeah. Or, or would want a letter. Um, so yeah, that's an important sort of release. Um, but that leads to the bad parenting, right? Sure. Where I think it's one thing to send our kid to uh, my sister's place, you know, one night a, um, a every quarter, yeah. <laughs> Uh, or even one night a month would be fine. But these parents, when that potion goes viral, Milhouse's parents at least give him a pup tent. Right? They give <laughs> him a place night. to stay in. Every night he can sleep in it, which I can totally see us doing for our kid. But then the parents kind of abandon their kids, right? And there's a lot of, as you say, latchkey parenting going on here. Uh-huh. Right? So that uh, we'll put into our sort of bad parenting segment. But this idea that these kids are left to their own devices just because their parents want to go get laid. That was basically how my dad did it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that rang really true. And then I think we they do a really good job of we see the effects of that with the inattentive parents that have kids left to their own to figure everything out. Oh, my out. God, right. And the solutions and, and uh, stories they end up telling are completely mm-hmm. ridiculous. Okay, it's now painfully clear. The adults are definitely paving the way for an invasion by the saucer people. You fool! Can't you see it's a massive government conspiracy? Or have they gotten to you, too? Haven't you ever heard of Occam's razor? The simplest explanation is probably the correct one. So what's the simplest explanation? I don't know. Maybe they're all reverse vampires and they have to get home before dark. Ah! Reverse vampires! Reverse vampires! Vampire. So finally, we're all in agreement about what's going on with the adults. Millhouse? <clears throat> okay, here's what we've got. The Rand Corporation in conjunction with the saucer people. Thank you. Under the supervision of the reverse vampires <sighs> are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people. And everybody just wants to go crazier and crazier because their parents aren't around. They're feeling unsafe. They're feeling insecure. And Ralph doesn't have food. <laughs> Right, right. No one's taking care of, care of them. No one's looking out for them. And so they end up turning to someone like Bart, who is very <laughs> Joe Rogan in this episode. Oh, my God, is he ever. He's <laughs> got the, the alien obsession, the uh-huh. like, treehouse conspiracy theory club. Mm-hmm. It's very, pretty good. Very, very much uh, the Rogan verse here. For me, the ultimate bad parenting moment was the fight with Abe and Homer, where Abe tells him he's an ex. Mm. Right. Um, it's one thing for that to be a known fact that's like an inarguable uh, fact of math. Sure. Right? So, yeah. for example, our kid was conceived six weeks before a wedding. Yeah. Right? It's an inarguable fact of math. She wasn't an accident by any stretch of the imagination, but she wasn't planned in the, the most overtly planned sense, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was an accident for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Like my parents were casually dating. 
Right. And then all of a sudden they had a baby. And oops, we had a human. Oops, we made Nathan. <laughs> and then we're, you know, you do the math that they were married seven months before I was born. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. But to use it as a weapon. Yeah. Is pretty unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think um, it's tough. Right. It's, it's do you think he? Do you think Grandpa has actual remorse? The end of the episode? Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I think he wants the conflict to be over. He wants yeah, to stop feeling bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, he pushes those flowers through the mail slot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Grandpa gets really desperate at the end there, and would you recognizes how much he's hurt his son, and would do anything to correct it? But that's different than wanting to improve the relationship or, or work on this. Right. right? And I mean, moments before he tells Homer he's an accident, he says, mm-hmm. uh, now that's what's wrong with your generation. Now for Bart's generation, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> he's laying out um, his grievances. That's the type of curmudgeonly shit that I think is okay, but to, to use the accident line as a weapon, I think leads to then Homer finally setting some real boundaries. Yeah. Um, and, and this is one of the things I commented on that I think is so well observed in this is that when they're angry, they're honest. I think yeah. that's a real important thing in relationships. And one thing that I really, I love Homer saying, I mean, one, him having a new year's resolution of spending less time with his dad, I think is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but two, um, when Marge asks Homer if he's really going to ignore Grandpa for the rest of his life, and Homer's response is, "Of course not, just the rest of his." <laughs> that is also really that is nice. also very real. That's <laughs> very funny. Less less quality being a person. Yeah. I think. But but when he leaves his dad and sets his boundaries, I think that's really good. I I think there comes a point in our relationship with parents where we're sort of told. I took care of you. You have to take care of me now. And no, that's no, not that's how not. this relationship works. No. And the people <laughs> who have children just so that they can have somebody who takes care of them while they're older. I mean, joke's on yeah. you. That's not, that's not how that works. That's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not how it works at all. After Bart, which we'll talk about in a second, tells him, um, and Lisa are both like, you got to simmer down, man. Too mm-hmm. much of your love uh, can be is, a scary thing. Much. He goes off by himself. To work yeah. his shit out. And he does it by going to the scene of the crime. Yeah. Right? Like he, I mean, they can't, it's a visual show, right? So we can't see Homer going into his subconscious to, you know, think mm-hmm. about his past trauma. But like, they do a really good job of visualizing the work you have to do to like improve as a person. And, and as a dad. then burn it down to the ground. Well, exactly right. I think that's the truest <laughs> thing in it is burn it to the ground and get the fuck out of there. Uh, being, being a really uh, a powerful takeaway from that. You have to set the past on fire to build the future for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart's line about overparenting that's in our intro, mm-hmm. I think is very true. Yeah. Um, you know, and a thing that as a parent is tough to hear sometimes because yeah. you know what? When our kid calls us on our shit, oh. she's not ever wrong no she's right and it it even if i don't want to hear it in the moment it's usually means i need to slow down and reflect on it Dad, it's just that too much of your love can really be scary <sighs> someday you'll thank me for all this scary love but now i've got to go somewhere and do some serious thinking i'm sure he meant to say serious drinking that's what i assumed 
only thing she's like, she'll say you're being mean when we're setting boundaries, and sure. like she might mean you're being curt or you're being kind of an asshole. Well, I mean, but... even to her, she's feeling it as mean. We usually, I mean, she's been a baby where we literally had to give her everything she needed, sure. Sure. and now it's time to say, hey, sometimes the things that you want or need aren't the things you actually need. Sorry, mm-hmm. kiddo, that sucks. Well, well, right, and there's a difference between <laughs> what you mean. want. There's a difference between what you want and what you need. Yes, um, yes. That's a, a doozy. I also really liked Homer. He was saying, how am I supposed to be a good dad when I didn't have one of my own? That was, that hit me really good. Yeah, as a parent, that's one of the things I've been struggling with the last few weeks is um, my dad provided a model of a lot of things and many of them I don't want to do. Right. And when your model is a negation, you don't know what to do. Right. So there's this list of like, if you you think about it like a map, all these roads you can't go down, but there's no indication of where you're allowed to go. Uh, and so it becomes this long improv scene. Yeah, it's all trailblazing. It's yeah. all new, new routes. Which and... is part of the reason I think this podcast can be valuable is to like look at these things and find good models. And I think there's definitely some really positive modeling uh, here. Both, I mean, Bart and Lisa both being like, no, this isn't right either. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, we need more from you, but no, it's not like this. And then the sentiment that Homer has of basically like, you know, if you were more supportive or if you'd offered encouragement, I could have been more. I think that's really real and mm-hmm. true and something that is, I'm all, I can only speak to the experience of being a 40-year-old man, which, by the way, it was very disturbing to learn I'm older than, older than Homer now. <laughs> He's 38 yeah. in this episode. It was very upsetting for me, who was Bart's age when this show began. Yeah. Homer feeling like he could have amounted to more if his dad had been nice to him. Like, everyone, every American male that I know gets to a point in the middle of their life where they just sort of are like, oh, this is what it shook out to be. And it's not, you didn't know any other way to imagine what your life would be like when you were 25, but it ain't, ain't that, right? Mm-hmm. That's not how it shakes out. And I think that for Homer to sort of start to look at, maybe his dad had some responsibility for this is, mm. is interesting and fair. And, and that leads to what for me was the best moment of parenting in the whole thing when they come to the realization that they're both screw-ups. <laughs> Right. And that at the end of this, like we're both human beings. Yeah. I shared with you uh, a comic earlier where it was like the dad being like, oh, I want to spend extra time with you because my dad never spent any time with me. And I don't want you in a therapist's office saying I never spent time with you. And then they cut to the kid in a therapy office being like, my dad never left me alone. (laughs) Being a person is really hard. And like, there's no way to get out of it unscathed. And... Um, the most we can do is to try to make sense of where we are and how we got here and where we would like to go. Whatever you're going to do is wrong. So let's just watch some TV. <laughs> yeah, right. right? <laughs> May as well. Uh, I think it's a pretty good note to end on. I was right? always so proud that you weren't a short man. That one cuts. <laughs> that cuts me. Because I'm the shortest of my brothers and I'm shorter than my dad. <laughs> Despite not generally thinking of myself as a short man. Um, All right. We will doubtlessly do more Simpsons uh, and we'll be back in a week or two with a new one. Thank you very much.